Hey, beautiful day to celebrate the resurrection. Yes? Good to see you guys all here. Hey, um, he is risen. So that, that statement, man, if you want to mess with the kind of same old, same old of our lives, just throw a, a statement like that into the mix, right? Right? Think about it. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He's still alive. He's sitting at the right hand of God, and he's going to come again. That kind of changes things, right? Hello? Yes? (laughs) Right? I mean, that changes everything. He has risen. How many of you guys have routines in your life? Anybody? Oh, come on. How many of you guys don't have routines? You have routines in your life, right? How many of you guys have routines in your life that some people might look at and call them ruts, right? Yeah, but, yeah, okay. So we have those two. But routines are good, aren't they? Routines are those things that they bring some calm into our life. Because routines are those things that, so that everything's not sudden and, and new at every moment of every day, because that'd be a bit overwhelming. Routines are those things that help us actually get more done, because we have to remember all the new stuff, but we don't have to remember them because they're all ingrained into us, right? Have you ever been heading home? Maybe you were heading home uh, from work one day, and you said, I got to stop at the store, and then you started zoning out on the way home, and suddenly you found yourself driving in your driveway, Right? Why? Because that's a routine. It's just there. We have a helper. He may do, he may do the worm across the front. We'll see. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, so we have these routines. Routines are great, aren't they? Except, except sometimes routines need to be stirred up, don't they? They need to be shaken apart. They need to be shaken out sometimes because sometimes routines actually keep us from being the people that God created us to be. Sometimes routines end up keeping us from knowing the God who actually created us to be. Sometimes routines keep us from living that life that God created us to live. And so sometimes routines need to be shaken up. Jesus Christ rose from the dead because there were some routines in this world that needed to be shaken. And one of those is one that often we we live out every day of our lives. One of those routines is we may think of our lives in terms of we live, we strive, and then we die. And many people live by those three steps of their lives. They live, they strive, and then they die. And so their whole life is one of striving. But Jesus came along, and through his resurrection, he said, you know what, I want you to know there's more to life than that routine. It needs to be shaken up, it needs to be shaken out so that you can actually enter into the life that God intended. And he said it loudly when he rose from the dead. Let's stand together. We're going to look at an account of this resurrection. It's in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 1 through 8. There were those who saw these things, and it says, because they saw them, they believed. There are those of us who have not seen these things, but we still believe. And between us, there's this chain that's been handed down where they said, you know what, we saw it and we believed. And these people said, you know what, we're not sure we've seen it, but we believe what you said. And so they believe it anyway. Jesus keeps speaking all the way down to today. And one of those ways is through passages like this in John 20. It says, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. And she saw the stone was already taken away from the tomb. So she ran And she came to Simon Peter and the other disciple who Jesus loved and said to them, they've taken away the body, 
They've taken away the body of the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple got up, and they ran to the tomb. And they were running together, but one of the, the one disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb earlier. I love this. <laughs> they have, they're like having this foot race, I guess, and John just wants to know, and I was a little bit quicker. So, um, all right, all right, we'll go on. And so he stooped in and he looked in and he saw the linen uh, wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. And then Peter, Simon Peter came behind him and he entered the tomb. And he also saw the linen wrappings lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus's head. It was not lying with the linen wrappings, but it was rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, get this, who had got to the tomb first, by the way, they're just like us, aren't they, right? It's just like he got to write the book, so he gets to tell who won the race. Okay, so he got there, and he says, so he finally entered, and he saw, and he believed. Mary Magdalene got things shaken up. Things started shaking for her. She was shaken up when she got to the tomb, expecting to take care of a body, and she found the body wasn't there. Peter and John got shaken up when Mary came and said that the body wasn't there. They got even more shaken up when they got to the tomb, and they saw the wrappings laying there. And you're going, why would they get so shaken up about that? Because what they were expecting was that somebody had taken the body and who takes the body only after meticulously unwrapping it and folding up the wrappings and then putting them in two separate piles. Who does that? Nobody. They said, you know what? I think something else is going on. In fact, John said in his passage here, he says, that was the moment that he believed. So God started using this event and it started shaking their routines, shaking their assumptions, all the things, and he started shaking these things up so that they could be prepared for this new reality that he was going to invite them into, this new reality that was waiting for them. You guys, that's the same here today. It's the same for us today. God has a reality that is right there that is waiting for us to walk into, and he invites us into it through this story, through this account, through this eyewitness testimony about that Jesus rose from the dead. And he is inviting us into this thing, but it's gonna take some shaking. So you guys ready? You guys ready? Because God's, God's right here. And he's been shaking up people's lives and their hearts and their minds for a long time, and he's right here, and he's going to be shaking today. So get ready. This morning's message is titled, Putting on New Life. Amen? Father, this morning, we want to ask you to come alongside us. We, we can't do this on, on, on our own. We can't do this by ourselves. We can't. If we could do this without Jesus, you wouldn't have had to come and to walk alongside of us, but we can't do this, so we need you to, even in this moment, come alongside of us. Open our eyes to see the things that we need to see, to see the things that may have been cloudy or, or hidden. Un unveil them, unwrap them, so that we too might have those things shaken that need to be shaken, that we might be shaken out of the kind of that slumber and that, that routine that we might be in that has kept us from knowing you, has kept us from knowing who we are, has kept us from knowing the life and grabbing hold of that life that you have intended for us. So Father, be here this morning. I pray that we honestly 
would lay aside, just kind of put aside our skepticism just, just for this time to hear what you have to say to us. And that you would shake us, show us Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' name, by the power of your spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. So another way to talk about uh, routines would be to talk about what does an ordinary day look like, right? So, so tell me, how many of you guys are having an ordinary day today? Anybody? Okay, we got a few that have ordinary day. Some of you guys are going, well, no, you know, we're at church, that's not ordinary, or you're online with us, and, and that's not ordinary. Or, or you say, you know, I'm surrounded by friends and family that I don't get to see that often, or we have a special afternoon planned or a special meal. But I, I want to go, I want to explain what I mean. Ordinary is the same sun shining in the sky that shines each day. Yeah, is the same heart beating in your chest that beats every day. Yeah, are these the same friends and family that you wish you could spend more time with all the time, right? So even though it's a special day, is this an ordinary day? Yeah, it's an ordinary day. You guys, Easter wasn't that, right? Mary was making her way to the tomb and she was expecting it to be an ordinary day. They had seen people die before. They had taken care of bodies before. She was expecting. She got there, and she found, you know what? Something's different, and things started shaking because the body wasn't there. James and, or John and, and Peter expected it to be an ordinary day until they checked into the tomb, and they looked in, and they saw the wrappings, and they were piled up, wrapped up in, in two different piles, and they're going, you know what? This isn't ordinary. Things started kind of rattling around. Things started shaking. And things moved from being just ordinary to being extraordinary. And by extraordinary, I don't just mean ordinary with another side of more ordinary, right? A lot of times that's what we say is extraordinary. You just take one thing that's expected but not very often and you lump it to another thing that's expected. You say, that's extraordinary. That's not it. No, extraordinary doesn't mean that we put on our, our Sunday best in, instead of just our kick-arounds and we go to a service that's extra, extraordinarily long, right, instead of just ordinarily long, right? I hear an amen, yeah. <laughs> extraordinary just as doesn't mean, it doesn't mean extra bits of ordinary added on. Extraordinary means that something is broken in from outside of ordinary. And it came in, it starts rattling everything around. It starts shaking everything up. Our assumptions and our perspectives and those, the, our routines, and they're all shaken up. The things that we had thought really formed that kind of bedrock that we could base our lives on, that we anchored everything else to. That's what Easter was like. That's what Easter was like. You know... If, if we were to all jump on a plane and we were to head out to um, Geneva, Switzerland right now, we were to go out there and we, we get in a car once we're there and we kind of carpool up and we go up to kind of north and west of the city and we look around over the, the landscape, it, it would look pretty much the same as it has for hundreds of years. You know, you get outside the city, you go through the suburbs and it starts, you get these little towns that kind of rise up and these farms that scatter the hillside, but, but everything looks pretty much the same, just ordinary. But if you were to dig down into that ground about 150 feet, what you would find is these huge circular tunnel systems that is down there underneath the ground. 
and it's filled with these tubes, and, and each of these tubes is surrounded by these, these electromagnets that are some of the most powerful electromagnets that they, that they have produced ever, because what they do in these tunnels and in these tubes, and in these tubes where they're just contained in this, this electromagnetic, this magnetic field to just make sure things don't get out of hand, is they'll fire these groups, these bunches of protons around one way, and then they'll fire these protons around in another way, and they'll, get, they'll pick up speed, and then they'll collide on the other side. Kind of like the, the, the best and worst go-kart track ever, right? I mean, it's just, and that's what they do. And they'll do that day after day after day because what they found is that when these, these protons collide together at these kind of speeds, they throw out these particles that haven't been seen in the universe since the very, very, very beginning. But it happens so fast, it's just a split second. So they have these, these arrays of sensors and of detectors so that they can kind of be like high-speed cameras at every one of these intersections so they can catch the collision and they can catch any evidence of these particles. Because in discovering these particles and understanding and finding that these particles exist, they can start to understand some of the beginnings of the universe that we live in. They can understand better how this universe is made. Originally, they built this huge collider because, I mean, these circles, you're talking five miles in diameter, that this, this huge tunnel system. And originally, they built this because they were looking for one particular particle that they suspected existed. And in 2012, they found it. And while officially its name is the Higgs boson, what unofficially they call it is the God particle. And the reason they call it that is because they believe that this is the particle that actually initiated the whole Big Bang to begin with. This is the particle that holds everything in the universe together. This is the particle that gets everything, its mass, its substance, its being. So when the scientific community, when they found this, when they discovered this, when they finally had evidence that they said, this thing is here, this God particle is here, this Higgs boson exists, it shook the scientific community. Now, it wasn't the same kind of shaking as Easter, but it was very similar because suddenly there were so many things that they suspected were true, but they couldn't be absolutely sure they were true until they had this one piece, and all of a sudden that piece locked down in, and they said, you know what, all this stuff that we had, all these calculations, all these equations, they found out that some of them were right, some of them were wrong, some new stuff they hadn't even thought of came into the picture because of this one discovery. So it changed everything about the equations they used and how they calculated from that day on. But this wasn't exactly like Easter because they had suspected it was there, right? They, they, they were looking for it. They had spent billions of dollars on this collider because they were pretty sure if they looked for it, they'd find it, and they found it. That wasn't Easter. Nobody expected Jesus. Nobody Nobody expected that this and suspected that this guy that was wandering the, the, the local countryside and preaching and doing these miracles, nobody suspected that this was actually God living with us. Nobody was looking for that. They thought, oh yeah, he's a great teacher. Yeah, he's a miracle worker. He's a very holy. In fact, some of the things that we, we hear in our world where people say, oh yeah, he's a great guy. He was a very holy man. He was especially gifted. But nobody, they didn't even have a category to put him in. 
In fact, the people that were closest to him, some of his disciples, every time he would talk about who he was or he would talk about dying and rising from the dead, they would kind of try and spiritualize it. And they'd say, what do you think he means by dying and rising from the dead? And he's like, how can I be any clearer? And they're like, no, I think he means you know, something more kind of ethereal than that because he couldn't be, possibly be talking about that until the day he did it. Right when he actually died, and then he actually rose from the dead, and they actually went to his tomb, and they found it was empty, and they found the wrappings lying in the corner, and then they found him, and he didn't have those wrappings on anymore. All of a sudden they go, oh, (laughs) that's what he meant. And it gave them this context to understand all this stuff that he had been talking about that they thought he was being kind of just elusive and he was being showing pictures of things that couldn't possibly, but he was talking about this reality and all the truths that he had shown, that he had spoken to them and all the truths that he had shown through his life, all of a sudden they like came alive and things started shaking. And not just on the surface, not just like a celebration, things they expected. I mean, these things shook deep shook deep the things of what they knew about who God was, about who they thought they were in the relationship with God, who this world was, what was going on here, what was important. Everything started shaking. And they sent this story, they sent this account, they passed this on again and again and again because they knew that this wasn't just something that they hold on to. They knew that this was something that if they passed it along, that those same truths would also find us in this place and they would start shaking us too. If, if we would just hear them, we would look at them and like Mary and like Peter and like John would write, we would just believe. Now, I, I realize at that point when I say just believe, also it sounds like we've shifted into religious kind of mumbo jumbo, you know, just believe. And, but, but I want you to think about this. Those scientists that are, are having all those collisions under, under Switzerland and all of a sudden, and they find this, this particle, if they were to disregard what they had found to be true, if, they had, if all of a sudden this, this particle had become unbound in front of them in this collider, and all of a sudden they took that and they said, well, that's nice, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna consider that in any of our equations. We're just gonna put that aside. If they put that aside, would they ever come anywhere close to an accurate model of our, our, of our universe. No. Because here's this, the, the fundamental piece of the universe, and they say, I'm not going to even consider it. When Peter and John got to the tomb, and they found it empty, and they saw the wrappings, and they saw Jesus, they were shaken, and they believed Like these scientists, when they saw this particle come flying out, they found the evidence of it. They had the equation. They said, we've suspected it's there. It changed everything because what? Because they believed. We're not not moving into religion out of science or anything like that. We're just moving. This is what we do. If you see the evidence of it, you're a fool not to take it and to say, you know what? I need to consider this because it will leave you blind. And Jesus said, you know what? I rose from the dead so that you would have this evidence that there is a, there's something bigger than what you've suspected going on. I rose from the dead to let kind of, it's like that collider where all of a sudden these particles come out, these truths come out of this collision of Jesus with death that change everything. So what are those truths? What are those truths that, that fundamentally get down and just shake 
the core of who we are and the core of who this world is. Well, first is this. When Jesus rose from the dead, he showed that he was in fact God, the God of creation, the creator God of the universe walking among us. He showed that he, he wasn't just some enlightened guy. He wasn't just some great holy man. He wasn't some miracle worker. He was the second person of the Trinity. God has existed from time before time into eternity. He, he, he has existed as, as three in one, three persons, one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And here's Jesus saying, you know what? I'm showing that I am that second, the second one. I, was, I existed with God. I existed as God before the beginning. I was there at creation. I am there at the conclusion because I am the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega from eternity past to eternity future. And he, he showed that somehow, as God, he had put on this human form and he had laid aside some of these divine privileges that he had. Why? So that he could, he could come and live with us to die for us, to then rise again out of the grave and be able to drag us into this new life, into this eternal life that he had for us, that he had always intended for us. No other man, no other woman, no other person on earth has ever, no matter how holy, no matter how divinely inspired, no matter how wise or insightful they seem to be, no one has even claimed to be that. But he did. And then he proved he was that by walking out of the tomb. He, he took on the one thing that any human being, no human being can take this thing on and come out to live to talk about it. He took on death and he walked out the other side because he was saying, I am not just this other person, this, this nice teacher, this great guy. I'm the son of God. I am the savior of the world. I am, I am the, the, the Lord who's over all, the one who, by whom and through whom and for whom all things have been created. I am him. And that shook things up, right? I mean, that rattled everything down to the core. They didn't expect that, but that wasn't all, right? Because when Jesus walked out of the tomb, the other thing that he showed was he proved that all that he had said, all that he had spoken was absolutely true. Why? Because he was God, when he speaks, it's the foundation, it's, it's the bedrock. It's not just true, it is truth itself. And he says, so I want you to know, when, when he walked out of the tomb, it's like, I want you to know what I said and what I showed you in my life is truth itself. And do you know what he considered the most kind of radical truth, the most radical thing that he had revealed to us? Was he was revealing to us the heart, the nature, the very essence and character of God. He said, that shakes everything up. In Colossians 1.15, it says that he became, he was the, the visible image of an invisible God, a God we couldn't see, he made visible to us. See, a lot of times we live in this world that we get these very cloudy visions 
cloudy pictures of what God is like, of who he is, because we take the things that we don't know and we fill that space with things that we hope or things that we, we wish God would be like. And so we kind of make up our own gods at times. But Jesus walked out of the tomb when he became unbound by those, those wrappings and unbound by the tomb and he unbound himself from death itself. He said, I want you to know I've done this to say to you that what I have said about who God is, what I have shown you about who God is, that's what is true. And what do we find out? What did he say? He showed us that our God is a God who loves us, loves us. He's not this tyrant in the sky waiting with this stick, waiting for us to mess up so he can crush us. That's not him. He said, this is a God who loves us. This is a God who, who chases after us, who seeks his, it is his, it is his compassion that drives him to chase after us. No price is too high to pay. There is, there is nothing that he wouldn't give. He is willing to suffer pain. He is willing to suffer ridicule. He's willing to take on himself the very consequences of our sin and even face death itself if that's what it takes to redeem us. That's what he showed. That's what he spoke. He said, you know what? You need to know that God, it's his, his gut-wrenching compassion that compels us, compels him to chase after us, to pursue us with his love and with his kindness until he finally is able to rescue us, just like the stories that Jesus told about the shepherd that loses the sheep or the woman that loses the coin, or the man that loses the son who do not quit until they're, until they're found. He says, this is our God. And he's a God who doesn't just search for us so that he can put us in our place, just so he can give us what we deserve. In fact, he's a God that puts us in a place that we by no means deserve at all because he lifts us out of our brokenness and out of this, this rut that we're in, this, this life of just live, strive, die, not even paying attention. He lifts us out of that muck and out of that mire. He lifts us out of that and he places us into a life where we are called, we are, we are his children, his heirs. Not just his people, not just his servants, his beloved children. And he does this, he is the guardian of our hearts, he's the Lord of our lives, he's the lover of our souls. When Jesus came back from the dead, he dropped those wrappings, he unwrapped and made visible who God was so that we could see clearly. And that, that shook things up, Right? That changed everything. All of a sudden, the equations have to be refigured. But he wasn't done yet. Because the other thing that he did was when Jesus rose from the dead, he also showed us who we were, who we really are, the life that God intended for us, the life he was calling us into. And he made known to us what that life is. You know, prior to knowing God, Prior to knowing this God, this God who loves us like this, to that depth, who goes to these extremes to pursue and to chase us and to find us, prior to knowing that God, it'd be easier for me to think that, that making my life work is up to me. 
right? I, I might believe that, that I have to make my life work. I have to be smart enough. I have to be, I have to be um, clever enough. I have to be strong enough to make my own life work. Prior to knowing this God, I, I might think that, that I'm, I might say, you know, I'm only limited by my, my potential, but you know what? I know what the limits of my potential are. And I look at that potential and I say, you know, I'm not gonna make it. I can't, I can't make this jump. I can't make this work for myself. And so I go through my life hoping that I have enough time to do enough good that by the time I get to the end of my life, the good will outweigh the bad so that my life doesn't end very poorly. I spend all my time trying to get God's approval as, you know, if he's even out there, if he even cares. But then Jesus walked out of the grave. Jesus walked out of the grave and he said, you've been looking at the wrong God and so you've seen your role in this completely, completely wrong. And he walked out of the grave and he not only unveiled himself and said, this is who I am. He not only unveiled God and said, this is who he is, but he unveiled us and he said, and this is who you are. Not just you are on your own, but this is who you are to me. He stripped away all that nonsense and he unbound and made me visible so that I even knew who I was and what this life was. Now I know that I have everything that I need for life and godliness, not because I somehow have the strength and the wisdom and the creativity and cleverness to collect it together, but because he has given it to me because he is with me. Now I know that I am secure, not because somehow I can hang on tight enough to the things that are important, but because the God who loves me with this eternal, unfailing, relentless, pursuing love, he's the one that holds me. Now I know that I'm forgiven, not because somehow I do enough to earn it, but because that he bought it for me. Now I know that, now I know that I will live in glory forever with him because he died and then he rose up, came out of the grave and he invited me into that life with him. And that changes everything. That shakes it up, doesn't it? That, that might make us pause and consider whether we have the equations right in our life. Because Jesus unveiled and he said, this is who I am. And that shows this is who your God is. You know what that means? This is who you are. So now, I can put on this new life, this life that Jesus has invited me into, I can put it on through faith. And again, we're not all of a sudden getting religious. I'm just, faith is where I turn to Jesus and I just say, you know what? I have to take you. I have to take this resurrection thing. I have to take it into consideration. I need to figure that into the math of my life. I haven't been looking at it that way. I suspected maybe some of these things were true, but there are some things that I kind of suspected, right? There were some things I got completely wrong and there were other things that you revealed that I hadn't even considered. And it shakes us, shakes us to the core. And all these calculations, I find that I've made these calculations of live, strive, die, and they're all wrong. God doesn't ask me to do that on my own. He asked me to join him, walk with him. 
And the reason that all this is possible is because he has unbound me. And he's thrown all these wrong, these wrong beliefs, these wrong thoughts, these miscalculations, he's thrown them aside off of me. He's shaken off all these routines like those grave clothes that were sitting in a pile in the corner of that tomb. You guys, this morning, I know that some of you guys, some of you guys are here, and you don't know that Jesus. You know, you may, you may have gone to church all your life, but you don't know that Jesus. You've never considered that Jesus. You, you might have a picture of who you think he is, but you haven't considered the one that walked out of the grave to show you how much God loved you, how hard he pursues you because of how valuable you are in the life. You haven't considered the life that he's inviting you into. You haven't known that, Jesus. You, you continue to spend your life living and then striving and dying, and you're striving after all kinds of things, whether it's a career or whether it's family or just holding your, you know, your head space together or whether it's just that whatever it is, you're striving every day of your life but you haven't known that Jesus because that Jesus changes everything. And this morning, I, I have been in places where God tugs at me. And I know God tugs at us all the time. His spirit, he's in this place and he may be tugging at you right now. And all he's wanting you to do is, is consider him. Consider Jesus. Consider the resurrection. Consider this, this account that came down and survived over, over millennia because it not only changed the lives of those who saw, it changed the lives of those who heard and still believed. And it has come down thousands of years to you now. And what you're finding is that this isn't just a story that's told and passed down. This is a story that comes with God and he tugs at you through it. It's still Jesus speaking and he starts shaking things up in you through it. So this morning, I would say, if that's you, I lean into it. Lean into it. Start just, you know, man, you, you see the Higgs boson for the first time. You're going, did we just see what we saw? Lean into it. Find out if he's really what you're, what you're, what you're feeling. Pull at your heart if that's really him. Start into that conversation with him that says, okay. Okay, what would it mean to believe? How does this change these equations that I've been working in my life? There's another group of you that are here too. Some of you guys, you know Jesus, but man, you're holding off, right? You're holding back. You're, you're pushing him off at kind of arm's distance. And I don't know why. It may, be, it may be out of a fear that you have. It may be out of, you don't want to, it may be questions that seem to have loomed up that you're not sure how to deal with. You're, you're not sure. It, it may be that, that you're a little afraid of if you let go of the thing that you actually know to grab hold of the thing you might not know so well that it's going to mess you up, that there's, you're not sure about that. You guys, there are plenty of things. That, that, that is part of faith. There are some things that we're not, we're not absolutely sure of. But this, this one has been passed down for 2,000 years because there's testimony after testimony, not just in the past, in this room. There's testimony after testimony in my life that I know this God is real. Because even though I didn't see an empty tomb and I didn't see grave clothes lying in the corner, when I believe it changed everything, 
And I've come to see that he's not just, he's not just this figment of our imagination or a construct that we've made up to help us cope with life. He is the very God of the universe that took on human form, that came down, lived with us, died for us, rose from the grave, and invites us into a whole different kind of life. And this God invites you to do the same. Amen? Jesus is risen. That changes everything. Everything. 